Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at marksdailyapple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at primalblueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. L. Russ here. And today I have a fellow Primal Health coach on the show with me, the owner of peakprimalhealth.com. He's been an advocate for Primal Living for roughly a decade, so he's deep into it. He's a lifelong martial artist, backpacker, coach, lover of all things health and wellness, also has a bed and breakfast that's pretty primal, so we're going to get into that discussion. We're going to talk about his journey and um, probably geek out on what we love about this stuff. Welcome to the show. His name is Steve Lane. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Elle. Thank you for asking. So let's uh, let's get into this. I mean, we'll talk about where you ended up actually becoming a coach, but a, a lover of all things health and wellness. So so why, how, where, when did that happen? Right, like you said, I've been been in this thing for like a decade now. So kind of in the trenches, and this is this is funny. This is almost like a surreal moment. I've got to pinch myself a little bit because. The first real book that I purchased to dive down this rabbit hole was uh, The Primal Blueprint uh, by Mark Sisson, of course. And then I've been an avid listener of this podcast since and obviously took the PHC, the Primal Health Coach Certification and all of that stuff. So for it to come full circle and to be speaking to you today on that podcast is uh, is pretty surreal for me. So I'm super happy to be here and have this conversation with you. That is so great. And for those listening too, I didn't actually, I, I reached out to some people that are more connected with the program and really know, you know, so many of the people by name and all of their stories. And so I said, Hey, you know, I'd like to interview some primal health coaches. And you were one of the ones that came up. We have not previously met and I'm so excited to see what you're doing. Now I know you had some chronic disease that kind of riddled your younger years. So let's talk about what you were witness to in the health arena that got you pumped up enough to even seek out a book like the primal blueprint. Yeah, for sure. So it was more so like seeing chronic disease take people that I was very close to, uh, you know, way before the time. I remember having grandparents, aunties and uncles all die uh, very early, you know, 40s, 50s, that kind of age from chronic diseases, cancer, heart disease and the like. And just incredibly scary because we kind of have this belief in, in you know, the modern culture that your genetics kind of predisposes you to these things. So here's my little brain trying to figure it out and seeing these people have cancer and die young and watching how this kind of caused all this turmoil in me and losing people I was close to, obviously, but then asking myself like, Ooh, that's, that's not good for me. Like what, what's, what's happening here? And you know, going back and looking at that and I had, you know, parents that were slightly heavier and I was a heavier kid. I was chubby and I had like some body issues around that, but I could see that if, you know, something didn't change, I was going down, uh, you know, not a very good path. And it was kind of that, that mentality and, and seeing that stuff happen that was a catalyst when I was old enough to kind of take charge and start to learn stuff that, that really was the catalyst for change. Cause I guess you could say like my desperation became my motivation. I didn't want to follow suit and I wanted to, you know, take back my own health and I, but I had no idea where to begin. So that was kind of, you know, diving down the rabbit hole, reading books, taking on podcasts and all of that stuff. So that's, that was that piece of the puzzle. And also just being very body conscious, you know, like it's, it's a hard time to be growing up now. It's probably getting even harder, especially for kids now with the crazy use of social media and, and all of those pressures that that brings 
but I was definitely conscious of being heavy. And I watched my parents yo-yo diet when I was growing up. And I watched my mom especially do all of the things, you know, like from shake diets to extreme diets to the Atkins diet, you know, the whole gamut. I never really have any success and, you know, lose some weight and rebound. So when I, when I kind of reached my own thinking age and started to form some ideas. I started to buy some books. This was about the time I was going to university and really started diving in and educating there. Because you're still so young. You're 29 years old, right? So right. if you've been in this a decade, you were starting in your late teens, early 20s. I mean, that's that's pretty young to jump into this stuff. You were like, I'm not going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> um, what were one of the first things other than, I mean, you said Primal Blueprint. Was that the first book you read or was that the one that resonated with you? Or did you make some other turns? Like, did you try this? You tried that and you're like, ah. I mean, you know, what kind of came first for you as far as a major change that you're like, all right, I'm not going to be like the others. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it was, I was kind of like a, an, a little bit of an awkward kid with like carrying a bit of weight and wasn't sporty and sporty was like the cool thing. I was a skater kid and, you know, there was a little thing that happened in my childhood that kind of transitioned me into playing rugby actually. And that was my first taste of like athletics and I played rugby and I loved playing rugby and I played to a, you know, a semi-decent level represented county and things like that, but never quite made the cut to take it onto, uh, you know, professional level. So that left me with this innate drive now as this newfound identity as an athlete to, to d- read direct that. And that was really then my introduction into MMA, which is mixed martial arts. More specifically at the beginning, it was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is like a grappling um, art. And it's like a lot of fun. And I got really deep into that. And this was right around the time of, of, of about that, you know, I was learning to drive. So I was 17. I got my driver's license. I started to take these classes. And as I trained for about a year, then it was time to, you know, test the waters of competing. And that was kind of the catalyst for educating myself because with competing in a combat sport like that, there was weight cutting issues, performance issues and all of that stuff. And I was following, you know, very conventional advice. Um, and I wasn't, feeling very good. I wasn't performing very good. I was having a torrid time making weight. So it wasn't adding up. And I remember, you know, way back being on forums, uh, asking people, random strangers online about, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing everything right. I'm training twice a day, six days a week. I'm taking one rest day. I was very conventional, you know, carb loading, must get a pre-workout in, must, uh, you know, have your protein shake and your banana in that post-workout one-hour window. Uh-huh. And I was eating small meals, and you know, I was I was a dietitian's dream essentially, but it wasn't matching. Like my input wasn't matching the output. So that's that. That was when I just started to say, hmm, something's not right here. And then you know, you you do some digging around on the internet, and all of a sudden you stumble across this guy called Mark Sisson who looks amazing for his age, and he's just got this kind of message that really resonated with me. And I was like, all right, this fella's onto something. Let me buy his book read the book in like three days flat, couldn't put it down. And that was, that was it. Then I was, I was, I was deep, you know, and then I was just going to consume everything. I went down Lauren Cordain, Rob Wolf, all of these people. And you're right. I was only, you know, 18, 19 years old at the time. So it wasn't, wasn't very traditional for somebody my age to be doing it. Cause I was at university at the same time. So I was also, you know, a lot of people are going out and the partying and doing all of this stuff, but I was living at home, which helped because I could stay at home and study better and read up on this stuff. And then, you know, the, the whole, the philosophies were trying, like starting to get cemented and I started to implement them and that helped my performance and all of that stuff. And then it's just been, you know, a challenge, uh, well, not really a challenge, more of a pleasure to just make this a lifestyle now for, yeah, closing in on 10 years. And I just now want to take all of that stuff that I've learned through all of this and, and and my own pitfalls and my own struggles and try to help people avoid those, you know? I like how you're seeing 
you know, you're like, all right, that old guy, like you're not, you're like 18. You're like that. I want to, that's what I would want when I'm that age. Right? right. Like that's, that's what aging seems like that could be if you want it to be. Um, and not that you have to be, you know, I mean, he has like an eight pack, right? Not everybody's going just for that. Right. But, <laughs> no, but it's amazing because he has an eight. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. I think everyone's probably seen Mark's, Mark's, uh, Mark's physique. It's yeah. incredible. And same with his wife. It's really inspiring. I mean, it inspired me to finally be like, I should probably read what this guy's putting down. Um, I love the inspiration there and so young. And I, I really wish, and in this day and age, like you said, with podcasts and all the free stuff out there, it's so easy to kind of, if you're, if you're pursuing it, you can find it pretty easily for free and yeah. And then find the right thing. So as you're going down this road, what are some of the things, um, you know, you glossed over it. You're like, Oh, my training got better. This got better. What, what were the things that, so you started to implement a different paradigm. Clearly you were on probably what a higher car paradigm and doing all the pre and post and all of this kind of old paradigm system. Right. So, so then (laughs) you switch over now, how long, like at, at what point where you're like, all right, I'm really in this now and I get it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. I was, I was doing it all. Like you said, I was spending copious amounts of money on supplements because I thought that was the missing piece. And I was high carb, you know, high protein, but low fat, uh, because, you know, fat's the devil and all of that stuff. And then, um, you know, just started reading this and I was like, okay, well, the only way to know, it makes a lot of sense. It resonates with me, but the only way to know is to put it into practice. And the first big step, like most people, I imagine is the removal of grains. And I say it to this day that that is the single most transformative piece to my health journey ever. You know, there was a few things that happened immediately. I was training a lot and I was doing uh, a lot of hard work and my inflammation was just down a lot. I wasn't feeling the aches and pains as much. I was recovering from workout much better. And I used to chronically suffer with headaches. Um, you know, a lot, I would have had headaches all the time. And I used to remember always taking over the counter medication for that growing up. And obviously that's not a good thing looking back now, but it was something that was a consistent piece of my youth and they disappeared. And then, you know, I just got leaner, um, because I was a slightly heavier kid and I had all of those, uh, you know, kind of body issues growing up. And then when I started to get deeper into sports, I lost a lot of the chub, if you will, but I was then, I was like a young skinny fat almost. It wasn't a good look, but now I dropped the grains and that conventional wisdom and started going down a more primal aligned path. And I just started to not only feel more like an athlete, but I was moving more like an athlete and I was looking more like an athlete too. So it really was, you know, and, and everything that's come afterwards has been adding these little, you know, pieces to the puzzle. But the removal of grains for me was just completely mind blowing. I couldn't believe how quickly that, you know, flipped my health. It, it was, it was literally within a week and I was like, oh my Lord, like, this is crazy. This is good. Yeah. It's weird. Sometimes if I, um, uh, have some like plain rice, like a white rice on occasion, right. I will get like a headache and it's, it's not yeah. gluten or anything. It's just, there's something, something about everybody, if they don't know the story, who's listening about Mark Sisson's story, who wrote the primal blueprint and this podcast, um, and the sponsor right. of this podcast, um, he, you know, was really resistant to that at first. He was like, yeah, yeah, but I'm a guy that can process grains. And, you know, his wife was right. like, why don't you just try it for 30 days? And he did. And it was nothing short of a miracle. And, you know, right. IBS went away and, you know, all sorts of other stuff went away for him. And so it really, and also too, really clears up skin. People have any skin issues, just get rid mm-hmm. of all flowers whatsoever that are grains. Right. Um, what are some other things uh, that showed up along the path that were positive for you? Yeah. So it's actually funny you 
it's it's funny you mentioned skin um, because you know there's her- hereditary pieces here. One of the the popular phrases in our community is that your genetics can load the gun, but your environment pulls the trigger. So we kind of pay attention to these genetic predispositions, but if we foster this positive metabolic environment, we don't have to follow suit. But I had these little connection pieces here because when I was growing up, I, I mentioned my mom again. She had. Um, quite bad psoriasis. And, um, you know, I have flare ups of that if, you know, I ever, you know, go off the rails, which I don't do anymore because of that reason. But earlier on when I was younger and a bit more naive, you know, I would slip and I would have these psoriasis flare ups. So flaky skin on the elbows, flaky skin on the scalp and stuff like that. So skin issues cleared up. And and that was a big one for me. And then I guess the other really big one um, was just energy and then not being, um, tied to food and this timed protocol of must eat X amount of meals in X amount of time, because I was pretty much following that from a tea. The first thing I would do when I woke up in the morning was, you know, get breakfast and I would eat breakfast that wouldn't keep me very satiated for very long. And I was just living my life by appointment of when is the next meal and what's it going to be. And it's, it's not a healthy place to be. And I don't think, cause, tell us what you would eat for breakfast, like oh, in the past, your old paradigm, even during training or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would be oatmeal of course with uh, skim milk and I would have, you know, some frozen blueberries in there and I would have a, like a whey protein shake with a half a banana. That would be like stereotypical breakfast, you know, and it just wouldn't provide yeah, it wouldn't provide the satiety I needed at all. So, you know, if I ate that at 7.30 a.m. by 9.30, I was I was hungry again. I was looking for the next thing. But now, obviously, I'm following more conventional advice of, you know, eat less, move more, calorie counting and that kind of stuff. So now I'm also, you know, developing the kind of neuroticism that comes with that. And it was just not a good place to be in. And I was constantly looking for food. I was obsessed with food. And I honestly believe that that kind of played into me developing probably disordered eating in some capacity that after, you know, cutting weight for these competitions and these fights, then I would be the grossest pig of a human you've ever seen in the week that followed because I was so deprived that when the fight was done and it was time to celebrate, um, it was, you know, eat all of the things. And I, I think I broke my metabolism a little bit from that kind of abuse of the system. And now I'm just looking back. I, I just wish I'd have caught what I caught earlier, which sounds crazy for some people because I was 18 and I caught this, but been able to implement it more effectively. And I think that, you know, I would have, I would have just functioned much better as a young adult, you know? Oh, your regrets are nothing compared to so many of our what it could have should have. No, I mean, listen, it, the, there's never, it's never too late. Um, but it's great that you started so early. Um, so interesting about the breakfast. Um, I would say then, do you currently eat breakfast? If so, what is that? So I, I've had- not oatmeal. <laughs> oh, it's certainly not oatmeal. It's it's definitely more of a fat and protein based breakfast now. So um, I actually honor the intermittent fasting. Um, well, the intermittent piece of intermittent fasting. So I don't follow like a intermittent fast protocol every single day, as is popular for some people. You know, they'll just do the kind of break fast at noon, that kind of deal, and default into a sixteen eight window. Some days I'll wake up and I will honor hunger and I just won't eat until lunchtime, maybe even later, but some days I will purposely eat breakfast. And that's me doing these little N equals one experiments of trying to talk about this piece of circadian biology a little bit that we seem to be, you know, extra insulin sensitive in the AM. And if we kind of front load our calories, we we might seem to do better. So I play with a lot of these things as this kind of person that's always running these little, um, you know, challenges on myself or tests, if you want to call them that, just to see what kind of jives with me the best. But I'm at a point now where I'm so in control of my own ship that if I'm not hungry, I don't need to eat. If I have to rush out of the house and I don't get a chance to eat breakfast, it's no big deal. I could go until dinner and just be 
you know, a functional human being. I don't need to, you know, crash into the grocery store and pick up some snacks to keep myself going. I'm just very in control now. And that is just such a powerful thing. I think it can't be overstated how important it is to be in control of your hunger, because if you can't manage your hunger, you just, you really can't manage yourself because you're always preoccupied in looking for where the next mouth pleasure is coming from, you know? No, it's an absolute, uh, disaster and it's an internal hell it's food obsession it's an addiction it's terrible it's um i'm sure before that after that oatmeal what were you eating a couple hours later (laughs) brother what every two three hours i mean how often were you piling it in while you were on that kind of carb cycle Oh yeah. Every, every couple hours, every couple hours. And it would be like, you know, uh, an apple with some peanut butter on it, or it would be something else. And then I'm also training a lot. Right. So then I was also having to time my pre-workouts, you know, so I'd have to get the, the banana in or something of substance before the training, because you know, you can't, you can't work out without your pre-workout carbs right <laughs> now. We know that's nonsense, but, um, that was the belief, you know, like if you didn't eat this, you were going to tank in the gym and you wasn't going to perform well. And uh, maybe that's true of a, of a sad diet or a, a person steeped in this Western kind of fake food diet. Maybe that is true because the, the, the not metabolically flexible and the system's not working that good. But when you can kind of break through and, and uh, you know, get to this place where you've, you can manage your metabolism a little bit better and you can, you know, work out very well fasted because you're good at mobilizing stored fuel and all of that stuff. It, it's a, it's a much different paradigm. So I was eating every couple hours pre-workouts with pre-workout supplements and caffeine and then when I was finishing basically I would walk off the mat and immediately get the protein shaker and fill that up with water and it would have you know a scoop of whey protein with some oats in it for the for the carbs that need to be pushed back into the muscles immediately and the banana and then I would get home and eat a big meal and it just was that it was it was a chronic so much drama. It's so much drama. So unnecessary. Right. I mean, I remember actually one time um, before I knew any about this, but so many years ago, I still was working out and so confused by everything, right? Always so confused, still, still right. on the wrong paradigm, obsessed. And I remember like breaking down and like practically crying. And I called a friend of mine as a personal trainer, which was probably the wrong call because that person right. at the time was on the old paradigm. But I was like, I, I remember just being like, I don't understand. Like you're supposed to eat before and then within an hour after, like what are the rules? And also like, can we just talk about how that sounds so insane? Just it's so counterintuitive. Think, just think yeah. about that. How unnatural does that whole program sound? Does that really sound like we would be design made startup? Doesn't matter how you thought we got here. We're formed. Right. Doesn't matter what your beliefs are. Just does that sound right? It doesn't doesn't no. sound right. So um, if you can, I mean, tell us, explain to us and the audience as well why if you are fat adapted, if you're on this paradigm and you're not a sugar burner, you're not on that oatmeal paradigm, because if you're in that, then you got to follow some rules. There. <laughs> if right. you're going to do that, you got to follow the rules or you're going to crumble. Uh, you're going to crumble right. anyway, eventually, but that you've got to follow those rules. But if you're not and you're fat adapted, why it's actually okay that you don't eat after you work out for even hours, how that doesn't matter. And unless you're really trying to achieve some muscular goal, then there might be a little bit of a time frame. But can you explain to us why these rules, why my breakdown is unnecessary when you're in this world? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, for for 99% of people, apart from those kind of elite level athletes that are chasing, you know, certain goals, the vast majority of people can forget all about kind of pre-workout supplementation, post-workout supplementation, and just focus on this kind of eat real food kind of philosophy that the primal blueprint follows. Because if we do that and we can get ourselves out of this kind of chronic hyperinsulinemia, dysregulated blood sugar, disordered eating pattern, then we become what, you know, Mark kind of coined and is, is a, is a term that really resonates with me 
and it makes so much sense, which is this metabolic flexibility piece that you can use all of these different fuels and you don't need to be reliant on fuel because we actually are very, very good at making our own from stored fuel. You know, we can use it from backed up glycogen stores that we may have. If we don't have and we're empty, we can synthesize amino acids into, um, you know, sugars. We can make ketone bodies to fill the demands of some of that glucose. So the, the human body is incredibly adaptable. It's incredibly smart. It's much smarter than we give it credit for, I think. And the idea that you have to like fuel workouts with food is just so counterintuitive because, you know, you, you eat, whatever, 45 minutes before your workout. And then, you know, you have to get that post-workout shaking immediately afterwards. You're kind of offsetting a lot of some, you know, some good met metabolic processes that could happen if you just let your body kind of heal on its own, mobilize some stored body fat and keep that kind of post-workout, um, you know, window open for your body to just do some good work and recover naturally and maybe even boost some, you know, adaptive hormones and stuff like that. But we always seem to get in our own way. And I think it is just largely because of a lot of misinformation and, and you know, a lot of trendy advertising around supplements and, and people wearing this kind of uh, crazy workout regimen and supplement regimen as a badge of honor. And, and if you just think about it for a second, like you said, it's, it's not really sustainable. It doesn't make much sense. And if we can develop this metabolic flexibility where we can burn some fat for fuel and we can burn carbs for fuel, of course, and we can even make our own uh, glucose via gluconeogenesis and we can use ketone bodies effectively, then all of a sudden, you can do a lot of stuff on an empty stomach and you can do it well fed, but all, but you don't need to be, that's the big difference. You don't need to be well fed. You don't need to have that pre-workout or that post-workout because if you don't, you really won't notice a, like a, a dramatic drop off in performance, recovery, aesthetics and all of that stuff. And that's just a beautiful place to be in. Really well said. I, um, would not have known about the following had I not become a primal health coach and learned about this way of living, which was, you know, we had fires in Malibu and I had to like evacuate and get right. out of there. And during that time, so it was like from four in the morning and I already was, you know, kind of would have fasted anyway. Didn't have anything, was trapped to beach for like 24 hours. I wasn't sure I didn't have food on me. I was like, hmm. But I was actually fine the whole time. And I knew I had a moment where I was like, oh, it's great that I am literally don't really have to think or worry about food. Now, when it came to the point where I was like, hmm, okay, I don't know what's happening. I could be stranded here for a couple of days. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. You know what I mean? I, I thought about like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. But someone brought by like a carton of food for everyone and there were muffins and bagels and mm. all this stuff in there. But there was one big thing in nut butter and I was like, right. oh, I'm surviving on that. Like, this is, th it, yeah. <laughs> that's what I went for. And no one went for it. You know what I mean? And it was just funny because I was like, uh, you guys are making the wrong choice. <laughs> making the wrong choice on that right. one. I'm going to fuel myself with the right stuff. I know exactly what my brain needs, even though you're going to be comforted by that muffin for a second. It's, you know, I don't. And it's really funny that they might have like their their physiology is probably also driving them to choose that cheap, you know, mouth pleasure, pleasure, quick fuel because they're entrained in it. You know, they've trained the body to be reliant on that fresh fix of glucose, you know, every, you know, X amount of time are they going to crash when, you know, so they see that and they're like the brain signals, oh, there's the sugar, you know, we can survive on that. But like you said, if you've, you've seen the light, if you will, you know that, you know, fat is way more nutrient dense and way more satiating and it's not going to get you into this kind of rebound hyperglycemia place where it's going to leave you starving again in another hour you know so it's it, it is a really cool place to be in when you can be in charge and you understand why we eat 
the way we eat and, and what that does to the body and, and not only how it, how it makes you feel, but what it's doing for our health and our longevity and all of that other good stuff. Yeah. And you intuitively go there, like you said, I mean, yes. none of the other stuff seemed appetizing, but still in the face of some kind of fight or flight, right? At that right. point, it was a, false or not. It was just kind of, right. like, well, it was a little bit real, but you know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. uh, it was like, all right, it was probably not going to be days where we wouldn't have gotten, but you know what? You never, you know, it was just still that you don't know. I don't know. Right. I'm in danger. And so my body was like, no, 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 you go for what's going to fuel you the longest and be the reserve right. uh, for what you might need if there is a problem. And there was, you know, I, I got out of there, <laughs> but, right. but it is, it was the intuitive move <clears throat> and the better move. And I felt fine actually that whole time, despite the stress of the event. But I think it was also because I didn't have any drops or weird spikes because I was already fat adapted. Right. So, um, I would have needed food had I not been, and I went a very long time before getting even that nut butter. Um, right. So again, it's just it's it's interesting. Or or plane flights are another example, right? You know, people yes, always talk yeah, about like 100%. long stretches and things like that. So let's talk about. I mean, you you started off young, and then clearly chose a path of paying it forward and helping others young. Right. So. Obviously, I knew you were a fan of Mark Sisson. I mean, did you jump on the Primal Health Coach program the moment it came out? Like, tell us what got you interested in in signing up for that. Right. So, from kind of the the entryway into this whole journey uh, to actually signing up for the PHC and becoming a coach and actually coaching, there was a big spell in the middle there where I was kind of in limbo, if you will, because I, um, you know, I was at university and I was diving down this rabbit hole and uh, you get those long summer vacations. And during this time I wanted to do something cool with my vacation. So I originally from England in the UK and wanted to go to America to, you know, see America and work there and work at a summer camp. So, um, you know, I flew over, I was a water ski instructor, I was having the best summer ever. And I had so much fun that I went back for, you know, the foreseeable future. And a few years down the line, I met my now wife, uh, at this summer camp, she was she was driving in. She was a dancer that turned into something more. But being English and her being American, there was this uh, difficulty that it was hard to be together. You know, visa issues and all of that stuff. So instead, we kind of just formed our own plan, which was let not even you know kind of go down that tricky path. Let's just go other countries. Let's just travel. So that was kind of the the birth of this backpacking period of my life, which was, you know, four or five years where we did the summer camp. And then for, you know, six, seven, eight months, we would disappear to these far reaching countries. And we traveled all throughout Asia, uh, you know, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, uh, the Philippines, and we did Australia for a working holiday visa, we did all of Central and South America. So we did all of this travel. And, um, you know, the, all, the, all the while, I've got long bus rides and, uh, you know, days on the beach and stuff like that. So all this time, I am, you know, listening to podcasts and reading the latest books, but I really didn't have a set path or career path, if you will. And uh, interesting aside is when I'm over in these countries and, you know, seeing the differences between the, the cities in these countries where, you know, Western food had infiltrated even far reaching places and people were drinking Coca-Cola and they were also undergoing obesity epidemics and health crises, but more on the you know, more laid back uh, island vibes that these people were very healthy and, and watching them was a very powerful testament to kind of this species appropriate diet that we talk about, this evolutionary appropriate diet, because they were eating a lot of fish and they were getting a lot of fats from the coconut, but they were eating a lot of, you know, fruits that they were growing locally and they were all lean and they were happy and they were healthy. So the contrast between the city environment and the island life and the more untouched we got was very interesting for me to see. And it just further affirmed that this real food piece is something that is, is so, so important. So 
I'm doing all this travel. We're having this amazing journey together. Um, you know, we came back a couple of years ago um, and we got married so I could go through green card paperwork and, and do all of that fun stuff. Um, but it was actually uh, not uh, two Christmases ago. I was in Costa Rica and I was sitting by a pool and I was playing a Primal Blueprint podcast. And at the end of the podcast, usually I just turn the podcast off when it's over. For whatever reason, the advertisement started playing and it was Uncle Mark and he was talking about the Primal Health Coach <laughs> certification. And I was like, hmm. So like a light bulb went on and I was like, because this entire time, by the way, I was unofficially helping people. I wasn't coaching by any means, but I was helping people, you know, manage their food. And they would always question me. I was be becoming known as a health guy. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow, that sounds like something I could really be into. Next thing I know, I'd scheduled a discovery call. And I believe I spoke to Erin, Erin Power, who uh, was on the podcast, is, is awesome, one of the PHC uh moderators and um you know she sold me and the the line that really got me was uh, you'll never regret investing in yourself and i remember hanging up and i was like she's so right you know maybe i'll never do this as a career but i'll never regret investing in myself so i signed up i you know completed the program over the ensuing months and then the idea was born to take everything that i would had learned and package it into a coaching program and peak primal health was born about 18 months to 2 years ago and i've been coaching since so it was like a it was a cool transition into taking everything and like having that light bulb moment out there in Costa Rica and then, you know, to where we are now speaking on this podcast, really, really crazy and really, really fun. I love it. I love it. It's so awesome. And you know, I have so many of those moments myself, even talking on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, right. I can say the same about my experience. Like, yeah, all of a sudden I'm here as well. So right. that is so incredible. Tell us, you know, what are some, there's so many, you know, coaches here, so many common excuses, limitations, uh, declarations from people that do want to change, but they have right. some old limiting beliefs and thoughts that come in. What are some of the ones and the objections that, that you've heard um, in your time, you know, in trying to help others who are, are you know, doing their best, but they've got old yeah. mind frames, you know, that need to be changed too, right? Yeah, for sure. So I think it's a combination of of uh, poor misinformation and then just enacting behavioral change. Um, so I've mentioned my mom a couple times because she's kind of instrumental in this story because she was a bigger lady. And I, like I said, I watched her go through the ringer with these diets and, and she did it all. You know, she did all of the ones I could name them. We all know what they are. And eventually she finally caved to me trying to preach to her about this other stuff. But she was she was hesitant because she thought saturated fat, uh, fat was going to clog your arteries. And she thought that carbohydrates were essential for nutrition and energy and all of this stuff. Now, as we speak on this podcast, my mom has lost like 115 pounds. She's a completely what? different lady. Holy yes, she's, moly. Yeah, Just want to, what? And exactly. that's wonderful. Right. So she's she's gone, you know, heavier adult life and having food station issues and these yo-yo diets to finally just getting rid of all of that and she's healthier now in her 50s than she was in her 30s and she's got freedom from food fixations and she's got like this effortless chill relationship with food and she honors her hunger and the same thing for my dad not as drastic as a transformation because he was never as big but he's just so much healthier so they were kind of the affirmations that I could do this because it's also really hard you, to coach people that are close to you. It's it's almost harder because they they'll give you more pushback and stuff like that. So being able to coach my mom in that way and see her was the was the catalyst that was like I can do this because this is a woman that's been through everything and has been failed by everything and now she's 
listened and allowed me to coach her in these primal kind of laws. And look what happened inside a year. She's like a hundred pounds down. It was an incredible transformation. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just beside myself with the fact that she like bore herself her own health coach. <laughs> like She had to have you to like, they like in having you, they save themselves. It's amazing. I love, I, I love that. She must be so happy and regretting all those bacon burgers she didn't eat because she right. thought I was scared. <laughs> she thought that the carbs were, um, that is so wonderful. What are, gosh, what are some of the things that have come out of her mouth along that way? You know, cause obviously, right. You start to hit you, if you yeah. lose, have to lose 115 or so, and you hit beyond 40, 50 pounds, you start to get real excited. Stuff starts. To, oh, yeah. So what are some of the things that were expressed by her. Well, she's she's in, in turn just become a walking billboard because people that have known her have just seen this remarkable transformation, right? And they're like, wow, what on earth are you doing? And she, you know, talks talks about the primal blueprint now. She's like paying it forward, you know? And the fact that she just tons of energy, her skin uh, psoriasis issues are under control, like no medications anymore. Be- best energy she's ever had. She, she never really exercised. And now she goes to kettlebell exercise classes like three times a week. She went to the doctor and got a full blood panel, um, mostly because I, you know, encouraged her to do it to like give her the also the, the visual that she's doing all the right stuff and her blood work came back and it was just absolutely perfect to a T. And it's just so cool because I I, I want to help everyone. You know what I mean? I want to spread this message and I just get such a kick out of helping people transform. But if I never helped another person for the rest of my life, the fact that I could help my parents in that way was was worth everything to me. So to, to have that happen and now be able to give these opportunities to other people is just, it's it's mind blowing. It just fills my heart with gratitude and I just love doing this. It's It's so much fun and it's important. It's important work. Yeah, it really is. And let's get back to the course another minute and geek out on right. it because it's really fun. And I want to talk more about your coaching and the right. way you coach people and some more stories. Um, what were some of the things about the, the course that, you know, took you either by surprise or you, you, you really love that you would, you know, the first thing out of your mouth when you're talking to someone about the course and you're like, I loved it because of this. Um, I absolutely love the detail of the course. Um, so I've always been a, like, I've been a good student, you know, I'm a good learner. I'm a quick learner. I'm, um, you know, pretty good at remembering recall and information and stuff like that. So when I was reading all of these books, by the time I'd signed up for the course, I'd been, you know, studying ancestral health for years at this point. So I kind of went in maybe a little bit cocky, like, yeah, I know, I know all of this. This is kind of to give me the, the the jumping off platform to be a coach. But then I was surprised and humbled by the level of detail that the course took. Um, you know, the team and Mark and everybody that built this course really, you know, broke it down and got really granular on all of the things and all of using as much available latest science that we have to kind of back the principles, using tons of, you know, sensible rationale and the ancestral kind of approach to this thing. Like every chapter was just, I was blown away by every chapter and I was like, I picked up so much more and I thought I had a lot of the answers and I just was just adding more tools in the toolbox. But I think what needs to be said for the primal health coach certification is that the information is there and, and it's and it's a lot and you've got to learn it because you really want to know your stuff. But they really do an amazing job of showing you how to coach it, you know, how to package that information put your own spin on it and now deliver that and be a health coach because it's one thing knowing information. It's another thing to make that, you know, digestible for people and to coach them along this journey. So that was a really big thing for me. The information was killer, but the way that I was 
given the confidence to end that program and say, I can do this. I can be a coach because I have these, you know, building blocks that was put in place by the program. And it was just, it was really cool. I recommend it to everybody that's remotely interested, even if you don't want to be a coach, just to dive deep on the knowledge and nerd out. I I'd tell everybody to do the PhD. Yeah. I'm, I know several people that have done it just because they wanted the, their own knowledge for themselves, yeah. but since have affected like over a dozen people just in their sphere. Um, with miraculous yep. results, because again, it's like people are seeing, you know, my friend drop 35 pounds and mm -hmm. feel amazing and look better than he ever has. And then they're going, what are you doing? And he happened to have taken the course for just his own, you know? And so again, like, you know, in the business of kind of doing it, but not necessarily making a career out of it, it's really incredible. If anyone's curious, uh, it's an incredible, it's so interesting. So interesting. Too. It's just really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. It's so, it's so really fascinating. Um, let's talk a little bit more about some of the coaching right. and some of the one eighties that you've seen, um, you know, to inspire others out there that feel like it's impossible. It's too late. I'll never figure it out. You know, it's just a downer to be uncomfortable in your own body. Yeah. I've been yeah. there and I know what it's like to be addicted to food because I was carbohydrate dependent. I know what it's like to be pretty diabetic right. and inflamed and it's horrible. Right. It's horrible. Um, but man, it's, it's so, it's so turnaroundable. It's not even, it's not a gimmick and it's so lasting. Right. So I would love to hear about some of the the struggles you brought through people to the other side. Yeah, hundred percent. I think one that really kind of come to the front of my mind, as you were saying that then is because one of the common excuses is maybe it's too late or I'm too old or too much damage has been done. So I wrapped up this client maybe a month ago and an amazing guy who signed up with me and he was 75 years old. He's the oldest client I've coached. And I have had a couple of older clients in the sixties too, but this particular case was phenomenal because this is a 75 year old man that had, you know, just followed the standard advice his entire life. And I, 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 I say this quite a lot that that older generation are probably the people that have been failed the most by government dietary guidelines, because unfortunately for them, they didn't really have the resources that we have now to educate ourselves and question things. They just kind of had to take the government's word for it, you know? So when saturated fat was demonized and the low fat craze was born, they were really, you know, they had to buy into that. They thought the, you know, that was the way to optimal health. So here's a guy that's been doing this for 75 years and, um, you know, lots of problems, blood sugar dysregulation. He was pre-diabetic and, we did, we worked together for a month and he was really good. And, and I coached him through all of these steps. And in a month, his blood sugars came down to optimal levels for the first time in the last 20 years. And he was having conversations with his doctor, um, about, you know, the doctor was surprised at what he was doing. And it just shows you that with real food and some mindfulness that you can really change around whatever your story is. You know, he lost some weight, his energy was up, his memory was better. He was sleeping better. He was suffering with some mild, um, you know, night trouble stuff where he wasn't sleeping through the night. So like to see that happen to a 75 year old man who definitely was coming in with the, uh, mentality that this was kind of the last, the last stop. And funnily enough, his daughter referred him who had worked with me the month before, cause she had a miraculous turnaround. So she was like, you got to try it. You know, what have you got to lose? And you said something earlier on that I always say to people, you know, just give it a try for 30 days. Like what have you possibly got to lose? You give give me this time for 30 days and follow these basic principles. And I can almost guarantee what's going to happen because I've seen it happen so many times. You're going to maybe lose a bit of weight, but that's not really the goal here. The goal is that the vitality you're going to feel, the energy you're going to feel, that your your gastrointestinal issues are going to settle down. You're, you're going to get better control over your hunger. Headaches may subside and all of this stuff happens. And 
very cool to see that happen with a with an with an old client like that because it adds power to this that it's never too late and you should never put it off because you think it's too late or you're too deep or you're too far gone or whatever it is just just start just start tomorrow and and do it for 30 days and i promise you you won't look back i want to shout out to dr dannenberg Dr. Dan, he's a yep. fellow Primal Health coach, and he started at like 68. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's well deep into this and has written books on on all this as it relates to dentistry Amazing. and the health of one's mouth. So, you know, it's never too late. And he had a stroke yeah. and was like, hold on a minute. I've been following conventional wisdom. So uh, for people out there who don't know him, he's a fellow Primal Health coach, uh, Dr. Dan Dannenberg. And you can just go to his uh, website, drdannenberg.com, if you have any questions about like mouth health or um, want to check his story yeah. out. So yeah, it's never too late. Now, I know that you use a holistic mm-hmm. approach, right? It's not just about focusing on what you're putting yeah. in your mouth, um, if you or how you're moving. But So you seem like a pretty positive guy and always were forward thinking from a young age, at least to like, I want to positively affect my right. body for a lifetime. So that that's just a positive thing to take care of oneself. That's high self-worth. Yeah. You, you had that goal. So in how people are thinking is also a part of this, right? As a holistic approach. So what are the ways or some of the things that you've heard or find in the way that people's mindsets are that can either help or hurt them? We could talk about both. Yeah, I think that's massive, Al. I think that a lot of my coaching as it's grown and as it's evolved and as I've worked with more clients and seen their hurdles, I'm starting to understand even more the importance of the mindset and what we tell ourselves and that piece of it because you can only get so far with eating the right kinds of foods and moving your body in the right kind of way. But if you can't get your mindset right, you're eventually going to get stuck. You know, you're going to get in your own way. And that, that has been something that I've really worked on in my coaching practice is to get people to have a more realistic view of what's happening and to be kinder to themselves. Because, you know, one of my favorite quotes is if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. And all of us are very guilty at, you know, constantly talking about our limitations. I'm not good enough. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm stupid. I'm slow. Insert whatever excuse it is there. But if you fight for those, you get to keep them. And your, your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. So we have to be so, so careful about what we're telling ourselves and our relationship with ourselves and being kinder with ourselves. Because essentially, if we're not and, and we don't treat ourselves with that level, of respect, then we're going to ultimately come unstuck. You know, we're not going to get the results we want because that is, that is super, super powerful. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you treat others. And eventually if you can, you know, treat yourself with the respect that you deserve and the love you deserve to, you know, feed yourself well and and think about your thoughts, then you are just going to eventually self-sabotage. And I think it's very, very difficult in the modern world to be mindful of that. There's so many distractions, there's so much pressure, and we're kind of living this instant gratification um, time where people want results very, very quickly. So I try to paint a very, very clear picture for clients that it's not about fast fat loss, it's about forever fat loss, and it's about being kind to yourself, and it's about being mindful. And we, I talk with my clients about a lot of stuff aside from the food and the why around what we eat, but how we think and what that's doing and, and in, interventions to be mindful of that and maybe some breath work and all of these other things, because you're so right. There's, there's much more to this health coaching piece than here, ditch grains and start eating nutrients, dense fats, and everything's going to figure it out. You know, it's <laughs> lose though. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good luck. luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Ah, look, I had a, I had a bad yeah. mindset. When you're addicted to the crack that is right. glucose, you have a bad you really mindset. Do. You don't think it's possible, and you think it's you, and you think, no, 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 no. I've tried. Believe me, it's I'm still 
And until you actually do it, but like you said earlier, and this is, it sounds like an infomercial, it only takes a month. No, but I mean, really in one month, even if you're 400 pounds and you can at least have the mental willpower for one month, because you're only going to need willpower for a little bit of time until stuff starts to go in the right direction where that makes you want to keep going. And on mindset, I want to just say, it's not. It, it's a little bit which comes first, which should affect what. I think sometimes if your mindset's not right, but you can focus on the mm-hmm. body, even just treating yourself and your body in a positive way yeah. will then start to turn around your mindset. 100%. And, and it can go both ways, right? But that is, that is definitely a result of it because you're doing something inherently, you are subconsciously imprinting that you care and love yourself, exactly. which is such a positive thing when you start to take care of yourself in in whatever way that needs to be. And maybe the biochemical changes that start happening there, if you're coming at it solely from this food place and, and, you know, we got to dial in the food first, then we now know, you know, we talk about the gut microbiome so much now because we're getting all excited about it. We're learning so much about it and it's being coined as the second brain. So you're, you're dead right. When people are steeped in sugar burner land, they have a bad microbiota that's craving these foods and affecting their thoughts negatively. So the act of changing the food physically changes the second brain too. So now not only are you, you know, giving yourself the self-love, but you're, you're fostering a more positive environment down there because we know about 80 to 90% of the feel-good hormones, serotonin and dopamine, or the neurotransmitters for them are fostered in the gut microbiome. So if you're not feeding yourself well, you're physically not building the neurochemistry to feel your best self. So there's there's all of these, you know, circular components to this that that, that matter. And the food is important, and the mindset's important. And changing the food can change the mindset. And that's like something that is like whoa for a lot of people. But it's so true. Yeah, and for those who are curious about that topic further, you can look into Dr. Perlmutter. His work, uh, uh, his book, The Brain Maker, is all about that. And there's so many mm-hmm. studies where they'll take people who ate a very simple diet out of you know a country in Africa and came to live here and work and be a student and adopted the fast food BS kind of junky lifestyle and sugar and then became horrifically depressed and yeah. all sorts of issues. And so everyone needs to look at that. I mean, obviously, gut health is key to everything, but also one's mind. So yeah, when you're a sugar burner and probably got some lingering candida and all this other nonsense yep. that goes along with that, like I did, yeah, you know, you're not thinking right. And it's just an up and down. Um, and this this steady one's glucose doing a high fat, low carb paradigm like we're talking about here is really the ultimate in blood glucose regulation and steadiness yep. for one's thoughts and brains. And that's, my gosh, I mean, who wants to be or feel moody or have right. drops and ups and downs. It is a roller coaster that's not cool. To be consistently alive all day is awesome when it's not generated in a fake, false way because you have to take 100%. 15 cups of caffeine, you know? 100%. And I see that with working with clients where that, you know, they, they have all of these great physical effects of the diet and, and following a primal lifestyle, but almost time and time again, what people seem to love the most about this is they feel better. They just feel more human. They're happier. They have more love for their, you know, significant other. They have more energy for the kids. They have more zest for life and they're not controlled by food and they've got a better outlook on life. So, you know, they're so sure there's some you know, psychological benefits from that, from looking better, but also just building this real, you know, human experience that is, it should be fun and it should be really cool. And we, we, you know, we get a pretty special gift here and you want to, you want to ride it out and, and really enjoy it and not just exist, you know? How do you work with people? Um, is it all over the world? I mean, in person as well, tell us the various ways that people can 
gain from your wisdom and get primally coached? Yeah, so uh, I have like worldwide clients at this point. I've worked with uh, clients from a number of countries, obviously a lot of English clients and a lot of American clients where I'm based in, but I've had clients from South Africa, Australia, Canada, um, uh, Colombia. So that's really cool. So it's online based, you know, distance coaching through Skype or FaceTime, whatever that is, daily communication over, you know, quickie questions, email support and text weekly check-ins where we get on the phone and we have a really good conversation about the struggles and what are the next things to implement and celebrating and the sharing and the winning together and just generally keeping people accountable because I think that's a that's a piece that's really important to this coaching paradigm is that a lot of people kind of know what they should be doing to you know look better and feel better you know they watch the food not eat so much junk food try exercising a little bit we're very good at knowing what to do but doing it as a different you know different ball game so having the coach there that can explain the why to you and also hold you accountable a little bit and share in this journey with you it feels good to be on it with someone and celebrate that and then overcome the obstacles together with somebody that can maybe provide some nuance so I do that online distance coaching. I work with in, in-person clients doing some personal training and, and online uh, and in-person health coaching too, which I absolutely love. I live kind of out in the middle of nowhere in the woods, so there's not that much of the in-person coaching. And uh, I also run, you know, a few group challenges and 21-day resets and stuff like that over Facebook. And I'm very active on social media, especially on Instagram at Pete Primal Health, where I just you know, I pride myself on always answering an inbox. And if anybody's got any questions, I'm always happy to help. And I post a daily video on motivational mindset, something about food or something about exercise that a lot of people can hopefully learn from. So I'm always just trying to put out this good information and the people that want to dial it in and really make it work for them, they contact me and and we we do a personalized coaching package to figure out what's best for them. Yeah. And what I love about I mean, probably almost every single primal health coach out there is we all have been at some point on the wrong train before at various levels, right? It doesn't matter if you were Mark Sisson and Brad Kearns and fit, but not doing well, right? You know, um, didn't know it, or you were me and riddled with hypothyroidism and all sorts of other awful situations. Um, It doesn't matter what level could it just been, I'm not feeling right. And I'm training in MMA, but I'm not doing well. And I'm feeling this, or it it doesn't matter how minor or major, we all know what it's like to have been a carbohydrate dependent uh, sugar burner and move over to the other paradigm. So we know what it's like. We can actually empathize on some level, you know, which is different than other kind of nutritional based coaching because it is like we're taking people from one paradigm into this one and we've made that transition ourselves despite what right. we decide to do with it in our lives or what where we were before if that makes sense so it's kind of the nice thing too about primal health coaches we all kind of we get it we know yeah it's relatable and that's huge people want to be able to you know know that you understand where they're coming from and the struggles that they're going to go through and if you can tell people that and you know your story resonates with them then they have more buy-in because they can see themselves in you and they're like okay well this guy did it you know I, you know i've got a trust in him you, you have to get a bit of trust you have to get a bit of buy-in you know there's been certain clients i've had that they're very scared to give up grains and they're, they're all the foods that they love and they're very scared to eat a little bit more fat and they're scared of all of these things but they see value in where i was and where i got to and hopefully that i can help them and they give me that little bit of trust and we tackle it together and then they come out of the other side and they're like, okay, yep, you were right. And this is awesome. And now I'm going to tell everybody that I know about this. So yeah, it's, it's really cool that the primal health coaches mostly are coming from this place that, that we all were indoctrinated into, which was this high carb standard Western diet and, you know, a lot of fake food and that stuff and the, the power of real food and the power of, you know, some more sensible exercise practices and stuff like that. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the sensible act, you know, exercise as well, because that's part of it. And there's so much more to this story. But you're so wonderful for, uh, you know, joining in on this so young and early to start it off with so many people. We, we hope more people, you know, your age and younger yeah. get involved in this, not only just for themselves, um, not necessarily to become a primal health coach, but yeah. to to really look into this way of being if you're not feeling great. And so anyway, everybody can check out Steve Lane at peakprimalhealth.com. And that is also his handle on all of social media. We will put those links to those uh, websites directly in the show notes. Anything you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, maybe just kind of what you just touched on, which is um, don't wait. I think a lot of people wait to try and get healthy. They wait till they're in a really dark place or they get a scary diagnosis or they lose a loved one and they have a wake-up call. Don't wait. Um, start now. Start today because sooner or later, your health will become your number one priority. It will. And you can decide whether that's now or you can decide whether that is when you're deep down and you're, and you're a little bit lost. And I think it's so important that if you start to prioritize your health now, you get so much return on that investment and so much more vitality and health. And it's just so important. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking about waiting, just don't. Just do it. Dive in because it's it's probably the best journey you can ever go on. So, yes, don't wait would be my closing statement. I agree. So well said. Thank you so much for joining and we'll see everyone back next week. Hi, Brad Kearns here with something different than a stiff commercial script message. I want to give you an authentic endorsement for one of my favorite supplements of all time. It's called Adaptogenic Calm. used to be called Primal Calm, and the key ingredient in this formula is called Phosphatidylserine, or PS. And this agent has been shown in hundreds of studies to blunt the catabolic effects of the stress hormone cortisol in the bloodstream that's released in response to all forms of life stress. Whether it's a series of difficult workouts, extensive jet travel, personal stress of any kind, we're constantly triggering the fight-or-flight mode in modern life, and when people say, hey, you should take a chill pill, this really is a chill pill. Because when you consume an appropriate amount of phosphatidylserine and the other supportive ingredients that have been known to have a calming effect on the central nervous system, things like magnesium, L-theanine, magnolia bark, and rhodiola, you will get a calming effect. It's not like a stimulant product that makes you feel more energy and have a better workout but instead this sort of takes the edge off of that stress buzz where you feel that foggy brain function maybe a little shaky and finally fried at the end of a busy stressful day this stuff will help you clear your bloodstream from those catabolic stress hormones before they can do the damage so i like to take significant quantities of it in and around stressful events such as jet travel or in those heavy training cycles when you're really pushing your body and trying so hard not to fall into that overtraining, overstress, foggy brain function spiral downward. That's right, phosphatidylserine has also been shown to enhance cognitive function. It's commonly used in Europe on cognitive decline patients. And you can make that connection between when you're frazzled and overstressed and how your brain doesn't work quite as well. So this is a brain function enhancing, stress hormone reducing, secret weapon, adaptogenic calm. Look for it on primalblueprint.com.